So where did the concept of a New Year's resolution come from? It's a good question. I know it was burning deep in your soul. And uh, it's a little bit late, but let's go ahead and talk about that. Most of you are already off of your New Year's resolution. Good job. I made a resolution this year not to have. But with that said, <laughs> welcome to Further Every Day, and I'm joined by a full panel here. We got uh, Mr. Charlie in the chair of economics. I'm going to start with him because he's kind of the one that did a lot of the research for this podcast. How's yeah, it going? It's good, going well. And I must say that Miss Nikki is the one that really she's she's the deep root on this. So she's the one that put forth the question: Should we be making goals and New Year's resolutions? Great question. Great so, question. And, and all too often we drop them. So but, but I'm not going to get into it yet. I'm going to introduce our first time ever, but we've talked about having you on quite a bit, is CJ. Golf club. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to have you in the chair of theology. You know, this whole, uh, it's new to me here. Um, so we're going to, we're going to go with it. Yeah. Um, it's okay. You, Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. <laughs> it's like I explained to him. I explained to him before we started. It's like, CJ, look, if you want to say something about the chair culture, just jump in and say, it. this is not rigid for rigid sake. We're just trying to provide a structure that we can, you know, each one of us can think of say, Hey, I want to add to this from the chair of theology or philosophy. My left, I got uh, miss Nikki. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? All right. How's that for a segue? Is it a little rushed? But I think I got it in there. You did fine. Did that fine. <laughs> so it's been a while since you've been in the chair culture. Have I ever been in the chair culture? I think <laughs> once. Has she? I, I, I don't. That's a good question. Okay, so maybe. So maybe. maybe fact check us. Maybe not. Fact check us. Well, we know that it's happened today. Today it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Today it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with the chair today. She's a very cultured. She woman. looks very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort. Actually, actually, this chair belongs there, but I was going to sit in that it. chair in two culture. They, they said, I'll, I'll move your chair because I was. She, she was afraid. So she could be cultured. Uh, I think it was because I was going to be here, and she she loves to give me hugs, so she she didn't want to. Uh, you know, she wanted to put someone yeah. in between. Yeah, because she's not going to hug you because you're the favorite child. <laughs> I, hug him, I hug him all the time. Going to Mister Steve. Yep, I got something burning here. Uh oh, so <laughs> it's, it's working. It, yep, you know, but I'm going to step outside the box, be politically. Right. As Brother. usual, it, we yes. need some fireworks for him. Like, and then in America, heck yeah, or, well, you know, it, we, we'd have the sensor on it, right? But <laughs> for Steve, we need a yeah, general picture for him. And of course, we've got Rye Rye, the producer guy in the producer's chair. Thank you for Yes, producing, Rye, all right. Always. Uh, so let's talk about who here knows how long ago the tradition of a New Year's resolution goes back. 20 years. Those, oh. those before, <laughs> before looking at the show map that Mr. Charlie put together, how, who in here knew? And had I, no I would, idea. I would encourage our listeners to do this. Uh, before you continue with the podcast, just pause it for just a moment and think about it. See what you come up with for an answer, because the answer to this is really surprising. If you're on Rumble I or YouTube, surprised. put it in the comment section down below. Yep. How long do you think? Pause. Three, two... Mr. Charlie, how long has it been going on? This has been going on three to 4,000 years. And I had an absolutely no yeah. clue. And, and it's, it's clear. It's not something that, well, they just dreamed that up. They just hypothesized here. And no, um, there's documentation of, uh, in historical documents of some of these people making what we would consider a New Year's resolution. And so what and was the purpose and what were some of the first traditions of this? <laughs> so you have to understand we're, we're talking ancient Mesopotamia. Okay. That, that kind of time frame. And by the way, for our listeners, there is in the, um, on YouTube, there is a link, uh, to this information, which is really cool. Nice little video. doesn't take long, but it goes back to some of the things that they Resolve to do. Serve the king better. Do better for the king. Live a better life or pay off debts owed to their fellow countrymen. Things like that. So um, you'll note that those, those particular resolutions are not much different than what we see today. 
um, we have a lot more. We're going to see that in a few minutes. I wonder if they failed completing well, it as often as we do. And I, I think what's interesting, uh, CJ had sent something uh, yesterday or this morning that there's a difference between a resolution and a goal. Yep. We're going to talk about that. All right. And as a matter of fact, um, that's one of the things I put down in the, you're probably going to put it on the, in the links below in the the description below. Uh, But there's a very interesting little dichotomy there. So let's kind of go to some of that, some of that history. I believe that we have a YouTube link for this. Yep. Yep. Is that correct? We we do. So, What I'd like uh, Ryan to do. <laughs> His eyes got a Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting after Ryan here. Um, so, oh, he didn't need the video. No, I wasn't, I wasn't going to show the video. But what I would like to do is I'd like to speak towards some of those statistics. Sure. Um, so, Ryan, if you would uh, pull up the, the YouGov, the today.yougov. By the way, link in the description. I, th- I thought this was a very interesting um look and by the way can i say this there are so many different surveys on new year's resolutions and things like that it is all over the map okay so you might be sitting there listening going well then how are you guys making any kind of conclusive uh information from this analysis well let me just say this there are a couple things that stand out in this one particularly here it is When you look at what people are looking or resolving to do for the new year, um, let's first look at who filled out survey or who's doing the New Year's resolving. You will note that there's only about one-third of Americans are making a New Year's resolution. In that... About 50% of those are 18 to 29-year-olds. That's the key... The people under 30 years old are the ones that are doing it. 52%. 30 to 44-year-olds, are that represents about 44%. And then you got 45 to 64-year-olds, and they're at 27. And then the later ones at 15 or 18. For those, who are not, for those in audio who aren't looking at the graph that we are, what, what he means by that is... 52% of 18 to 29 year olds, 30 or 44% of 30 to 44 year olds. Just in case you're wondering why the math was over 100%, it's yeah. a per of that demo. Of that demo. Of that demo. Of that right. demo. That's exactly you, you right. You think maybe as anybody's gotten older, they've learned something? Mm. Yeah, I think mm. so. Like like those those resolutions don't right. work, and maybe it's a better idea to make a creed or an Actually, idea. I think it has more to do with the fact that they have settled in habits and adjusted to their. Do you know that uh, over the age point. of 50, stop trying, just accepted? You know what would interesting. be an interesting point out of that group would be to find out how many of those are Christians and how many are not well, Christians. And, and I think for the podcast today, guys, and that that's why I'm glad to have CJ sitting in that chair of theology, I, I, I know that he's, he has really looked at this. And we're going to look at the question, should Christians really be doing this, um, yeah. you know, one way or the other. I do want to bring up one other thing. So, Ryan, if you would uh, go to that next chart, because here's the other thing. What are the that, resolutions? Yeah, yeah, because in the past, and I was asking you this earlier, John Arthur, and you gave all the right answers. Well, we're going to work on our health. We're going to work on our, our weight, and and we're, we're going to get to the gym. and. Look at this. Mental health, et cetera. Which of the following will you resolve to start doing in 2024? And this was one of those select all that apply. Saving more money was number one. Followed by being happy. And by the way, for those of you listening, you should check out our podcast about being happy. Really good podcast there. The secret, the secret to happiness. Mm-hmm. Right, exercising more, which went to the health issue. Number three, improving mm-hmm. physical health. Yep, same thing. Eating healthier, improving mental health, losing weight, etc. So if you'll right. know, and I think it's, I I see a total correlation of this and where we are with our economical situation in the u.s with the number one being saving more money yeah so from the economic chair mm, 
and I say, yeah, I think New Year's resolutions do affect us economically. You know what I find interesting is, is that improving relationships with family and loved ones, look how far down on that uh, graph that is. Yes. It's, yes. It, it's, huh? almost, it, it's almost near the, uh, the bottom. It's below 50% of the, of the people selected. It. Isn't that an interesting? Yeah. So, and, and that really tells you, I think where, where we are as humans. And by the way, I think if you go back, like it's just going to continue further and further and further back, you go, you can see that people are self-centered by nature, yeah. but I, I think that saving more money, some people might say, well, are we losing, are we losing the, the culture war as Christians? And the answer is yes. Right. But does that mean that you don't have hope? Well, no, no. there's there, there's an end. There's always an end. We were talking about this off off the air. I, I can't remember what we were talking about, but we were talking about how when you have someone never waste an opportunity to redefine something in terms that glorify Christ. Yes. It's like, yes. yeah, you know what? The economy is harder. You want to know why? Because if you look at the principles this nation was founded on, it was founded on godly principles and that's why it was prosperous. And now that we've strayed away from God, it's not that God's punishing us. We're kicking ourselves and we're destroying ourselves because we are not living up to to godliness. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to, there's, there's a number of newer people that have started subscribing to our channel. And this is a, a really good opportunity for us to say this, we believe this, this further every day believes that our theology informs our philosophy and our philosophy informs our culture. Our culture informs our, our politics, our politics informs our, our economics and the world reverses that they work from the economics up. So if it doesn't work out economically, you can't have a theological belief. By the way, even Christians do this. Even Christians do this in the wrong order. Correct. And I think that's what we're going to find here is when it comes to resolutions and goals, we've taken the wrong order, the wrong approach to it. And so when we look at lately, it's when you see that decline, in the ages and the demographics, yeah. et cetera. It's because we've done the wrong approach for so long. You get the results of the work that you put. In. Yep. If you don't put in the work as a believer, your relationship with the Lord, you will get out of it exactly what you put into it, which means yeah. it's hope. And, and I, I, I actually, ask you if i may no, no, go, go ahead. ahead yeah i want to kind of dig in a little bit there because some people just heard the prosperity gospel and some people heard so, so, some other yep, stuff sure, that, hey, sure. so I, I want us to kind of like carve out a good understanding theologically of what we're talking about when it comes to the value of your relationship with god god you know first off i want to ask you what god promised as far as life what he did and did not promise when it comes to wealth so what did God promise when it comes to our life? What did he promise when it comes to joy? And then also, how does that work out when we're talking about investing in our relationship with God? What are the fruits of that? Yeah. So uh, completely different from what I prepared, but phenomenal questions. So, you know, the first thing, I think we have to look at what we were created for. That's where it starts, Right. Isaiah tells us that we were created to glorify God. And then you also can find how, what, we were, what we were created for in example of Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve to walk with in the garden. He wanted personal relationship with his creation. And he wanted that creation to bring glory back to him. See, Many times we talk about sin, and we and we and I'm taking this down the salvation road for a minute for those who are watching and listening. But sometimes we get so hung up on sin that we lose what the goodness of God is. Right? The choice that we made, that Adam and Eve made, to do something opposite of what God wanted, created the separation. But it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, is what Paul says in Romans two. 
And the goodness of God is this, that he desires that daily relationship with us so much that he said, I will not let my creation be eternally separated from me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a bridge in the form of a cross. And I'm going to send my son because what I have wanted from the beginning of time in creation was that relationship, my creation, right? And so the journey of the Christian faith on earth is exactly that, right? It's how do we have this relationship with God here on earth as it is in heaven? How do we have that now so we can experience the fullness of his presence. I think that's the key word here about resolutions and setting goals for the new years is fullness of life. That's what people mm, are looking for mm, is a reason right, right. when I go to bed at night, you know what? Boy, I'm full. God was good to me. When I wake up in the morning, I have hope. Whatever happens today, the Lord is with me. So you said something one time and I, I, I don't remember if it was off air or not or on air, but you said, I don't have a mansion. I've never driven a Maserati or a Ferrari or something like that, but I've lived a rich life I because have, I yes. had a family, mm-hmm. you know, I had a husband that loved me and I loved him and I had children who I love and love me. And we have a full family. We've mm-hmm. had a full life. We have fulfillment and joy in Christ. Yep. And, and that's something that a lot of people who are, who are wealthy can't have. And so that, I, I want to turn that question philosophical and mm-hmm. then I want to kind of move down because then I want to focus if we set the framework, I think mm-hmm. for, for the Christian worldview, and then we kind of build into new year's resolutions. I think we'll, we'll see a huge benefit from that. Before you do that, can I throw this in here? Go for it. One of the, as I, as I study on this, the thing that I come to realize, talk about goals, resolutions, we tend to forget but Proverbs tells us where there is no vision, the people perish. And so what you're saying, and I think where you're trying to go with this, God has a vision for us. He has a vision for his creation. It's the abundant life. He came to give life and to give it more abundantly. That could be maybe in riches, maybe if you're wise and your understanding and your knowledge, you know, Bible talks about build through wisdom, stabilize through understanding, increase through knowledge, expand through counsel. Maybe it could be riches, but you know what? It could be the, the richness of your relationships. It could be the richness of your health, right? That abundant life that God gives could be in many forms, but it has to start with the vision. You have to understand that resolutions, goals, et cetera, whatever it is, Jeremiah says, for I know plans I have for you, says the Lord. He has a vision for us. And so in order for us to have the right framework, we have to start with vision. Because vision, if we don't have it, that verse says we perish. And what does that mean when, when it says we perish? It means that we run wild. We languish. We languish. Right? We die. It may not be physical death. It could be death in our relationships. It could be death in our business. It could be death in different death in our health. But maybe, I mean, how terrible is it to have a sickness that you can't get rid of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So where there is no vision, the people perish. So I feel like as you're getting ready to go down that road, that's a perfect. That's a good. In fact, that that's kind of sort of the answer that 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 I was I was going to ask the answer to the question I was going to ask, but I do want to kind of start to go from theology to philosophy for just a second. And I want to say with the idea that God created us to worship him in a community. So if, if you really, if you really break it down, so some of the, some of the more mystical uh, religions in the world, I was having a debate with a friend of mine who's a Buddhist and re- recently. And so the way I described it to him is, well, you think that there's a, a unity and that's the universe. And the universe is expressing itself in illusion. That's the Buddhist belief. I said, what we believe is that there was a sans time, sans without time, sans time. There was a, there is a unity that has diversity in community and it's all one. And this is the Godhead. This Godhead created more individual free will agents 
that could or could not choose that unity in community, providing more diversity. Nicely stated. And I would say if people, people might want to rewind that, that was really well stated right there. So thank you. So if, so if that is the case, this world means nothing. The Ferrari, the, 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 the Lamborghini, the bank account, that means nothing. So if we have a good understanding of that theological concept, why is it important for us to look beyond the tangibles? And I want to I start with you and then I want to open it up to everyone else. I'll kind of yield my chair to the group here. Why is it important to focus on the intangibles? the love, the relationships. Why is that something that the prosperity gospel has gotten so backwards? Well, I think do not label it just the prosperity gospel, but just an incorrect view of the gospel regardless, right? Many times people talk about looking for the call of God in their life or looking for the will of God. And we tend to put will and call in the same boat when they're different. God's will is the same all believers. And his will is this. Love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, all of thy mind, with all of thy strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? That is the will of God for all believers of all time. And that none should perish. Well, I mean, it's the will of God that none should perish, but how do we, how, how does that happen? That happens because we love our neighbor so much that when we understand this love that we have for God, because of his goodness to us, remember Paul says, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance because of this goodness that God has to us. We can't hold it in. Therefore we go to our neighbor and we say, Hey, let me tell you about the goodness of God in my life. Let me show you how the abundant life is lived in me. And what does that do? That brings them to the cross. And Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. The will of God is for us to him in relationship as he created us and to glorify him through how we share the gospel Love toward our brothers and sisters in Christ so that they can see him and let the Holy Spirit draw them in so that they can understand his goodness the repentance. Amen. Anyone else have something they want to add to that? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to kind of say in just um, another term of, you know, how is that, you know, how you talked about the, the founding fathers had established this country on Christianity basis and with that type of idea. Well, when you think about it in today's terms and what's been going on, you know, our pastor kind of made a mention on on people in general, but I kind of place it and thought about the country where he talked about the burning of a fire in you, how people get this fire burning in you for the Lord. And and it just, the more it blazes, the more the fire burns and, and in the way the Lord should burn in you so that people can understand and not have a smoldering fire so that you're just, you know, it's smoke. And what we have now is that you have a culture that's building up and a government that's building up and being allowed to by a lot of voters is that people are going around and kicking dirt on that fire and turning it into a smoldering fire. Mm. And let me say something. We, as the ones who are carrying the fire, we have the opportunity to either rise to that occasion or to cave and turn to a smoldering hulk. And that's where we really want to go to the chair culture is where have we really lost as as Christians, as the church, where have we lost focus as far as making resolutions? Because you see the vast majority of resolutions are about self. Hmm. They're about money. And or I, about I, I think I do think that uh, being able to examine yourself and wanting to improve in an area in your life is a good thing. Um, my son, David, is. 
was he 34, 33, 34. He's going almost 34. And I was pregnant with him when I made my commitment to do morning devotions. And I have done that for over 30 years. Well, that has added to my life for doing that. But what happens is the distractions of the world take our attention. And we lose focus on what the Lord really wants for us. Um, The Proverbs 31 woman is my idol. But if you look at a modern day. Her hero. My hero. Hero. Okay. She's she's my hero, not my idol. Thank you. On terminology. (laughs) Words matter. I'm going to hear this on the way out. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway. But if you go and you preach or you teach that here the Proverbs 31 woman was, um, had her home in order, submissive to her husband, but yet she ran a business. Well, they're just going to throw it out. Oh, my goodness. Here she is submissive. You know, having her house in order, she knows she just needs to concentrate on a career because the world says that your life matters if you have a career. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of young Christian women don't apply what the Bible says. Just because you may be a stay-at-home mom is not uh, saying that you have no value. Or, or that your you life have doesn't no matter. It, it, and it boils all the way back down to, as believers, we lose sight of the vision that God has for us. And so we hide our candle. Right? That's what it is. We're, we're, that, we're supposed to be that right. candle. And we hide it. And we, we create this smoldering fire we lose sight of our desire and and you said lose focus we lose focus because we lost the vision we lost the vision because we got ourselves just as adam and eve did ingrained in looking at self so we're 25 minutes into this 27 minutes into this and we haven't gotten to the history yet so i know mr charlie wants to get into that well because then I want us to kind of take with that foundation and base. Let's, uh, let's look at application. So why don't we do this, Ryan, if you would, and I think we can. Let's take a moment and go ahead and play that, that video, um, if you'll line that up. And while he's getting that ready, uh, he's got, the link is in the description there. Um, it's the uh, YouTube video, Happy New Year's, the, the history of New Year's. So one of the things that I wanted to mention uh, in regards to what CJ was saying a moment ago, one of the things that came to my mind was um, all for one, one for all. And if you think about it, the, the reason our country today is steadily declining is we are very self-centered. We are, we are very self-focused. We are, we are focused on small groups of people, if you will. We're not focused on the things that benefit all of America. I would submit to you that as Christians, we don't focus enough on one of what benefits all of the kingdom. We want to do things our way because it's convenient. It's easier. And I want to push back on that just a little bit. I agree with you. Yep. But I actually want to attack that from a very different side of things. Mm Mm-hmm. You said, and, and tell me if I'm misquoting you, but you said that we as Americans need to stop focusing on the benefit of the individual, but rather on the benefit of the community. That, that I would actually argue, you're, you're not wrong, but I would say that there's a better way to look at that. If you look, if you come from the Christian framework, we're not looking at what's better for the community. We're looking at the telos, the purpose of the individual and how that purpose, fulfillment for the individual, for God's plan, serves the community only if they're living up to their full potential and purpose. And it's yep. the same way with the Christian in the church. Yep. We're so focused on ourselves yep. that we don't focus on our relationship vertical with God. Because if we just focus, and I think I think CJ's going to go here in a moment, if we just focused on our vertical relationship with God, the horizontal will sort itself out because you're falling into the purpose that you were made. If you were a hammer trying to be a saw, you and the, and the block of wood are going to have a very yes. bad day. Yep. I would, I don't disagree with that. I would say that when I think of community, 
when I, what I was saying was the good of the whole nation. When we talk about community, that to me is the smaller groups. By the way, if you want to know what those smaller groups are, turn your news on. Yeah. You'll, there's, there's hundreds of them. And the thing is, well, what about this community? What about that community? What about that community? Folks, that's, that's the idea of, of some of the things that we see in the media today. By the way, that's why there's a heaven and there's a hell. Yeah. And, and, and there's two communities. Because you, you will only be able to have a heaven if everyone is like-minded. Yeah. If you are not like-minded, which only comes from the transforming of your mind by the renewing of your spirit, by the contact with his word, the word being Christ in the flesh, the Bible in our hands. If you are not in contact with that, if you are not conformed yep. to that, you cannot have a like-mindedness for the good. And that is the problem. By the way, we do ourselves a big disservice uncoupling Christ from our politics mm-hmm. yes. because look, Christ is the reason for your politics. Sure. Christ is the only reason for that. Yep. Yep. And if, if we would just realize that he is the power that we serve, not, not our power, not our strength. People say Jesus is our strength. No, 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 no. You are walking. God's not on your side. You are on is, God's that's right. side. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only thing I would say to that is, again, I think a lot of what we see in Scripture, there are pieces that God has given us in black and white. No doubt about it. There are pieces that he's given us in example. Right? And so what I would say when we talk about our politics is the thing that we have to be conscientious of as believers is this god did not want a man-made government that was not his purpose his purpose was a uh, was a uh, theocratic right it was god to man that was what he wanted in israel right it was a theocratic republic if you look at the government of exodus and by the way those of you in the comment section to say this <laughs> oh we just opened up the, the proverbial can i've been reading your comments and I, I will i will leave the ad hominem unaddressed uh yes my parents were married anyway uh <laughs> youtube deletes a lot of comments anyway uh what i will say is is that moses was encouraged by by his, by his father jethro father-in-law jethro elect 10 commanders of tens, hundreds, right. thousands, 10 thousands. Right. Yep. And what those people will do is they will mediate the government, but it's all underneath God. And that's what is so cool about America is that we had the, and literally at the uh, 1790, I believe it was a 1790 Congress. If it wasn't the 1791, it was said that if you have officers elected to the government who were not Christian, mm-hmm. It would be detrimental. They said a Jew or a Mohammedan could be elected. But if they do that, you are going potentially, depending upon where they go with it. And it wasn't it wasn't an anti-Semitic. It wasn't a xenophobic thing. It was saying purely on the aspect of do these people hold the values to continue the nation? That is our question. And Mm -hmm. will they continue to lead in a godly and righteous manner? I think here's where the culture is, is that we've been known throughout the years as a Christian nation because of what the founding fathers said. This constitution is for a Christian nation, for a Christian people is what they said. And so, and now you can see the war that's being, uh, waged against the constitution and against our, our laws that were, you know, based on biblical principles is because I don't want to be held to that. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be a Christian nation. So I'm going to slightly maybe challenge this perspective a little bit. One, if we look at, you know, God's desire was God to his, to his children in the old Testament. And it was supposed to be through the prophet and if we saw what did the what did the Israelites want? We wanted to be like the other nations. We want a king. We want a king, right? Which is why I say a man-made government was not a God-designed government Correct. because he wanted to go through a prophet. Now, what was the purpose of the prophet? Keep them steered toward God. It was to cast the vision. If yeah. you look, if you look at the word vision in the Bible and how much it's used, it is used primarily 
in the book of the prophets. Their purpose was to cast vision so that the people would not perish. Right? They want perish meaning run wild, be undisciplined. Okay. So if God's purpose is in scripture and a God to man type government, we have the founding fathers. But does everyone know what Thomas Jefferson did with the Bible? Thomas Jefferson created his own Bible. Which one? There were two of them. I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know there were two, two of them. So, so, yeah. Say what you're going to say, and I will come up behind you. <laughs> Perfect. No, just know that I researched this. But I'm, oh, I guess what I'm saying is that you know he took pieces of the Bible to make his own Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. And there, there, there was a reason for that. And so, I think you. I say all that to say that you say it's founded as a Christian nation. The principles. It's biblical principles. The, the principles in in part are, are, or in all most almost all aspects are biblically biblically based. But the thing that we have to understand is these were fallible men. Yes. Who were, I, we, we, we agree with that. But let me tell you real quick before you go with the rant of Jefferson being a deist. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this off. OK, so the 1804 Jefferson Bible, there's the 1804 and the 1820. OK, let's talk about the 1804 doesn't exist in any tangible form uh, today that we know. But scholars are and they're at a bit of an impasse on what Jefferson had intended. But what they think he was doing was compiling a Bible with the condensed teachings of Jesus. This is the 1804, not the one that we have physically. The one you're referring to is the 1820. I'm, I'm nearly positive. Um, they wanted the condensed teachings of Jesus specifically to give to the Indians, which, by the way, Jefferson hired ministers to take that 1804 Jeffersonian Bible, they believe, to the Indian nations. And the reason they did that was to make it as short and concise as possible for the language barrier between the sure. English speaking and the Indians. And they wanted to make it as clean as possible. Now, then you, if you want to look at the 16 or the 1820, the 1820 was the one that he had at his at his uh, bed stand because he didn't intend to publish the Bible. He published multiple Bibles, by the way, that were just as they were like a Webster's or uh, any other form. I, I don't remember off the top of my head which Bibles uh, he was involved in uh, writing. But 1820, Jeffersonian Bible, he had, excuse me, it was a Thompson Bible that he helped publish. He helped uh, Thompson publish his Thompson Bible. Anyway. 1820 Bible of Thomas Jefferson was his devotional. And that's the reason he cut out all the miracles in the story was because he wanted the Beatitudes. He wanted to focus on the words of Christ. So just for anyone out there who says it, because that's a common contrivance. Don't, I'm sorry. Where were you going with that? Well, the, the point being man that is fallible. man it's, is it's good. You brought out some good information. Yeah, man, man like is it. fallible. Yeah, man is fallible. And so when we look at, I think we, when you look at, what did God design or want for governance of his people? Right? It was never meant to be what we have. But man, fallible, Correct. created this. Right? Now, here we are, and we wonder why the culture is where it is. We wonder why our politics are where they are. We wonder why the economics are being, or is what it is. And it's because of this, Right? The Bible said, Jesus said that the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Gates is a defensive structure, which means the Christian is supposed to be an offensive minded person. And when we don't live in the vision that God has placed for his creation, we lose our purpose. And when we lose our purpose, we, we fall out of hope. We struggle. We we try to look for happiness in all the wrong places. You know, and this actually goes to what I was uh, studying the cultures because resolutions, New Year's resolutions, are are in vast countries. Okay, it's not just the United States of America. It's in other countries, and it's very interesting because they're done a little bit differently. But the underlying thing is, I need some help. I all right, so l- listen to this here. Um, you want to do this before or after the clip? I tell you what, let's or do you want to can the clip. <laughs> I, I do want to come back to that. Um, Ryan, go ahead. It, this video, by the way, is 14 minutes. We're not going to play all 14 minutes, we're just going to play the first two, three minutes here, uh, at the most. But this gives you a flavor of where this really came from. 
this whole idea. This is not something new. This did not just start in the 1700s, 1800s, blah, blah, blah. This is three to 4,000 years ago, this whole concept, if you will. Um, and I think it, it really goes to the heart of what Nikki was talking about uh, a few minutes ago, that why do people make resolutions? What's, what's the purpose of it? And I, you know, she brought up a really good word there a little bit ago, the, the introspection, the self-improvement, if you will. And I would submit to you that we could spend a lot of time just on that phrase right there, but Ryan, go ahead and, uh, let's, let's play that just a little bit there. Ninety-six million Americans, about ninety-six million Americans, or forty percent of the U.S. total population. They're they're going to make a New Year's resolution this year, and some of these commitments are, are pretty traditional, right? In fact, in two thousand and twelve, Harris Interactive poll conducted a study of three thousand and thirty-six U.S. adults found that some of the New Year's resolutions, the top ones for the following year of 2013, would be weight loss, uh, improving finance, exercise, getting a new job, eating healthier, managing stress, quitting smoking, a lot of very good commitments. But with 96 million Americans following this cultural tradition, I think it begs the question, where did this come from? How did it become so ubiquitous? What is the history of the New Year's resolution? Now, the history of a New Year's resolution isn't clean, right? It's not just a single timeline. The concept of a new year has sprouted up in so many different cultures that the New Year's resolution doesn't really have one single origin or history. But here are a couple of the major turning points for this tradition. 4,000 years ago, ancient Babylonian times in Mesopotamia, Time was different back then. And I don't say time just like uh, culture was different or food. No, no. I'm saying time itself was different back then. Like the way it was measured was different. A different calendar and different beginning. Different reason to begin. You see, in the Babylonian calendar, the first month was called Nisan New. And I'm probably butchering the, the pronunciation of that because I don't know a lot of things. But one thing I, I do know is that this month, this first, first month, the Babylonian calendar actually falls on what today would be considered March into April. And, and why March into April? Why this time period for the beginning of a year? March and April, actually the planting season for barley. You see, crops were so important that in some ways, literally time itself began and revolved around crops. You know, in this era, there was a festival. One of the first New Year's celebrations uh, that involved a New Year's resolution was the Akitu Festival. It celebrated the planting of barley and it celebrated the supreme god Marduk and, and crown prince, uh, some other gods, but what's important to the history of New Year's resolution, I guess to us today, is that this is where those promises started. Babylonians would actually make promises to the gods and actually take this as a resetting moment to return borrowed tools and supplies, equipment, to their neighbors. You know, it was more of a, a trade economy back then, so this would make sense for a reset. All right, Ryan, those promises, Ryan, yep. if they kept their words Pause. to the gods, well... Yep. Okay. Sounds like a year jubilee. Yeah, it, you're, you're going, going right, right where I was going to go with that. Because if you think about all the feasts, the Jewish feasts, oh, hello. I think the thing that I drive, uh, derive out of here, not drive, but derive uh, out of this, and I think it's... Thank you, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Wow. I think the one mm, thing that I derive out of this that I think is important to note, when you look at that and what the purpose of a New Year's resolution was, it was a reset. And guess what we do today? That is exactly what we do. We, we reset our resolve. We reset our, our determination. And yes, we... We strove for the goal, we missed, but let's do this now. 
What's the so, key takeaway from that? Kind of sounds like the government. Before we get to the key takeaway, it's Nikki. I know that you wanted to talk about some of the different cultures and the way they went about it. I want to dive into that. I wanted to get the video done and then dive into that from your perspective. Well, and these things that I was reading back, you know, we talked about ancient Rome, how they, they used to do that at the beginning of the harvest. Now, I want you to understand something. This is at the beginning of the harvest, and they are going to, uh, back in Babylonian times also, was um, pay their debts, return borrowed items, because they thought the gods would treat them favorably that year. So the resolution was, okay, I have to do this so I can get the blessing. Okay, um, and then uh, Julius Caesar introduced a new calendar and declared January first, and this was in Rome in 46 BC. Declared January first as the start of the new year, and um, it was in celebration to honor the Roman god Janus. Janus, yeah. Okay, uh, he was a two-faced god who could look back to the past year and forward to the new year. Well, well, well. Two-faced, uh, and then in the uh, medieval. Sounds uh, res- like he belongs in the Senate. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, in the uh, medieval resolutions, the knights would make an annual, what's called a peacock vow at the end of the year, and they would renew the resolution to maintain the values of knighthood. Now, think about this, okay? To maintain the values of knighthood because they must have known they weren't perfect and they needed help hmm. in some way continue with this now um the first recorded use of new year's resolutions was in the 1800s um that's in in, uh new york i think it was but here the culture in the united states um we went over the statistics so i won't go over that again but this is what brazil does on the new year's eve in brazil how do you like this I hope it's warm. It's tradition to go to the beach to make your resolutions after midnight. You go into the ocean. You jump seven waves while making seven wishes. You should wear all white clothing in the water. It represents purity. The tradition pays tribute to Yama. What is that? Yamanja. The goddess of water. The goddess of water. So what are they doing? They're looking for... A uh, supernatural help for the next year. They're making wishes, but they know they can't make it on their own. They're looking for a supernatural way. Italy is uh, Italy is 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 funny. It's you eat fatty pork to fatten wallets. <laughs> wow! I really I really thought that would be great. I like pork. Uh, you eat black eyed peas <laughs> for good fortune. Oh, and some Italians also wear red underwear at New Year's to bring good luck in the year ahead. So, and I could go on for several of these, but all of it's the same thing. Mr. Producer, did you wear your red underwear for New Year's? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell us. He's, he's like, like, I'm not Italian. <laughs> there you go. But each one of them, it's the same thing. I need something to help me get through the next year. You know, so the self-made man. I can do it on my own. I don't need help. Which, if we were to go back and look at the, the beginning, it all started at the beginning of the crops. You know, you can't make the sky. can't make the rain. can't make good soil. I mean, there are things you can do, but back then, they were really relying on the gods that they knew to bring them. John Arthur, I, I, I just thought of something here, and you, you can tell me what, what we should do. I'll be honest with you, there's so much more content that we have not even come close not to even, touching. Not even close. And I'm wondering if we so, should do a two-parter on you this. You know what? We can, we can pick this up next week. And, and so it, we, we can just give final thoughts yeah. for today. And then we can kind of home in a little bit more on some of the history. But yeah. more, I really want to get into everything that CJ has prepared on, yeah. the, on the Bible. Are, are, are you going to be available next week? Yes. Uh, okay. We'll make it. I need to check with the right. wife. We'll make, yes. We'll make it. <laughs> Are you a <laughs> Am I? Are you? Uh, yeah.
Yes. Uh, uh, let me check with myself. <laughs> yeah. Steve's single, for those of you who don't get the inside joke. <laughs> By the way, ladies, ladies, he's single and ready to make... Okay, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so wrapping up for the day. Final thoughts, CJ. On the note of what's important when we're making these resolutions? If we're speaking as far as what's important to the believer. Well, and, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something because there's an inherent bias in that question. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just because it's a believer or an unbeliever doesn't mean that it's not important. You know, there are people who watch this channel who aren't believers, but guess what? God's truth. And, and you're going to hate me for this. I'm sorry. But, get, but it's, but God, it's, it's true, true for all people. Sorry. So, John yeah. Arthur, why are you sorry? I'm sorry that you're offended, even though you're wrong. No, no, no. You know, shouldn't be a sorry. That's no. But the, but it's true. God's principle is true for all people, regardless of whether, right? Regardless of whether they're a believer or so, not. So, so, so stop apologizing whether it's a believer or not. Yeah. Go ahead. Just say. It. So what what I would say is this: that there is a difference between resolutions and goals. We'll get into that next week. And we we haven't gotten into that. But here's the thing. You cannot have a goal unless you have a resolution. Mm. You just got teased for next week. Next week on Further Every Day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who who are not familiar, those of you who don't watch all the way, all the way to the end, that is the theme song for Further Every Day. OGs remember when we had bumper music on the front and the back. But anyway, yeah, yes. from the share philosophy, real quick. You have a question for me, or should no, I just I'm, spit? You go. I'll spit. So here's the thing. You gotta remember when you are looking at what am I gonna do this next year? What am I gonna do next year? What is God gonna do next year? Like I what James says. You, go, you say you're going to go into the next city and do this, this, and that. Yeah. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. Yeah. And you, you ought to say, if, you know, James and Christ said, you ought to say, if God wills. If God wills. So maybe, and, and this is why I've, I've stopped making resolutions. I've just started saying, Lord, where am I with you? Where am I with you? And, and uh, th- there's someone on, uh, on social media, Elizabeth Gibson. I was scrolling and I saw this and she said something funny. She, she, she says, this year, I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, not what did I get done? I'm going to say, wow, this was a God got it done kind of year. And that's only going to be because, because I was submitted. So we should be submitted to God. And then you're going to see what kind of year God is going to bring. I want to say, that, just share a, a short little testimony, is that every year I sit down and say, All right, Lord, you know, there's something new. What do I need to think about? And one of the things the Lord laid on my heart, um, I don't know if it's last year or the year before, but it was you need to reach out to your family members. I used to keep in touch with family through my mother, and then that didn't happen anymore. And so I reached out to my mother's sister that I hadn't speak, spoken to for 15 years, and we developed a, uh, a relationship again, and she just passed away six weeks ago. And I also kept thinking of, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, that I got to touch base with her again. And another thing that I did was my dad has nine sisters, and seven of them are still alive, and I am on a group chat with all of seven sisters and several cousins and it's like they're back in my life every day but i sat down and the lord laid that on my heart and i am just so grateful so thankful you know it's um i remember the uh, part where um in our pastor sermon today where he talked about where god was talking to paul and telling him about all of the times he was going to be going to a certain city and he would tell him, this is what's going to happen to you. They're going to beat you. They're going to jail you. They're going to do this. They're going to whip you. And Paul would go anyways to deliver the word of God. And, you know, it has been on my heart for the past numbers of years to do whatever it has been 
that the God that God has led me to do. And I've been doing that because I had made a decision that I was going to do whatever God laid onto my heart. And for the past number of years, I've gone down a path where I've had some really tough times in my life where some really tough things have been happening. But you know, that's just part of what happens when you follow what God wants you to do. So it's just keep that fire burning, and I'm going to burn it as bright as as I can burn it. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm going to build off of yours, John Arthur, because we just did the Experiencing God study this last year, and Henry Blackaby was asked, do you ever make goals? And this was his response. I do not for fear of not setting the goal high enough because of what God has planned. Amen. Really interesting. And, and, and I, I think the last thing I want to bring out in this, because uh, CJ's done a lot that really shows, look, New Year's resolutions are definitely not, not bad. I think the whole purpose of Further Every Day, we are here to provoke you to think. We're, we're here to provoke you to understand. Do your own research and your own studying and, and determine where you stand. Let every man be fully persuaded. That's what Scripture says. And I don't think any of us here think it's our position that we have to tell you how to believe, what to believe, so on and so forth. We're giving you things that you should really think about. And we would compel you to believe, but only after you have really been fully persuaded and new year's resolutions uh, look the one the one thing found by you gov uh 31 out of every three people are making a resolution and half of those in the in the under 30 which is the greatest segment that that believes in new year's resolutions are actually making them i think that's a really interesting takeaway uh from today and little side note I had thinking when you said that. What's the demographic that's walking away from the church? Oh wow. This is true. Oh wow. More on that next week as you watch the culture stray <laughs> further, further every, every day. day. <laughs> so with that said, like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for over two hundred thousand downloads on the audio. Thank you for your viewership on the YouTube and on the Rumble. Yes. Uh, with that said, make sure that you like, comment, share, subscribe. And if you dislike this, well, smash that dislike button in some multiple of two. It's more effective and two is a prime yep. number. So just like, <laughs> remember that. So sharing that said, is caring. Sharing is caring. All that good yes. stuff. We love you so much. With that said, we have nothing else for you. You have a wonderful day. Bye. 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 All right. Bye. If you're still here, you are once again a super listener, or we put you to sleep. That is okay. They were ready to get up out of his chair. Uh, Yeah, I was was like, like, man, oh wow. (laughs) Oh wait, there's more. (laughs) Welcome to the after the show question. And so put your answer down in the comment section below. Did you make a a New Year's resolution? Yes or no? CJ. And if you did, in short, what was it? So... The answer, the answer is, is no. <laughs> well, no, the, the answer is yes, but after studying this, the answer becomes no. Okay. I... <laughs> so it lasted <laughs> seven days. Well, You're we, going to unpack that next week. Which is normal. <laughs> so, which is about normal. I did not make a New Year's resolution, but I am joining my mother and some of my friends on the carnivore diet. That's not a New Year's resolution. Cool. It is just part of my general... You know, dude, I'm with you. I just want to eat meat. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my ribeye, uh, Miss Nikki. Yes or no? Actually, I, I think the big thing that I'm focused on right now, I would look at it more as a goal, is I have a devotional project that I'm working on for my granddaughters. Ooh, surprise! Awesome. Surprise! No, <laughs> surprise! Surprise! And I haven't made one in probably ten years. You mean you've never had to lose weight? That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> ladies, ladies. Like a guy who's probably never going on a diet. Ladies, he's single and ready to mingle. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Charlie. I have not. I have not made one. 
Tell us in the comment section if you did. With that said, we love you so much for real now. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.